If you're doing art the right way, it should feel like you're Alice in Wonderland and you're going down the rabbit hole. But some people in this hypersensitive, jump on every thought that is an inclusive society, they would argue that there is no right or wrong way to do art. This episode is dedicated to those people. Today we are reading from the Book of Transformation. You are listening to Make Art Not Content, brought to you by The Mystery School. The Mystery School? What's that? The Mystery School is an online program that helps creatives all over the world conquer the biggest obstacle they face, themselves. Enroll today at makeartnotcontent.com. What do you do when the old life you had is completely gone and old friends and old hangouts just don't make sense anymore? Whenever an artist is at that crossroad, I always like to tell them the crying rock star story. A few years ago, I was at a photography conference in Hamburg, Germany, and I met this really cool guy. His name was Jan. He was out there scouting for new talent, and we got really close really fast. So I guess that's why when the conference was over and we were chilling, he felt like he could open up to me about how his longtime girlfriend had cheated on him. Oh. And about how his business partners had completely fucked him over and ruined him. That's harsh. There was a long legal battle. And the real reason he was in Hamburg was to sign the final documents. Now, according to him at least, his life was over. I mean, it isn't pretty. Well, we couldn't change the situation, right? So we decided to do the next best thing. What's that? Shots of 1942. Because, you know, alcohol, sad boy, that's always a good combination, right? Mm, No. Well, as you can imagine, a few hours in, Yan was a wreck. Unconsolable. Well, yeah. I had to do something. So I told him the story, a personal story that one of my rock star friends told me once. It was the first time I had shared this little Hollywood secret. And I'll share it with you, too. But I can't name names. You understand, right? Okay. The story begins after leaving that place, the nice guy in L.A. one night. Memories of the nation's favorites. 106.7 K-Rock. My friend, the rock star, was driving back home with his girlfriend at the time. He didn't feel like talking. So they rode in that uncomfortable silence that you sometimes get in relationships. He was just playing back the whole evening in his head. You see, it had been a reunion of sorts with old bandmates and their wives. All these people were living different lives now, and he couldn't relate to any of it. That got him thinking about his own life. Music and culture had moved in another direction. And he had to admit to himself that he was completely washed up and that his glory days were far behind him, which is when it hit him, right when he reached the driveway of his house, that he had nothing anymore. And before he can stop himself, he just started bawling. Yep, right there in the car. (laughs) It's never pretty when a Grammy-winning rock star cries. Even just hearing it as a story, I felt uncomfortable. I mean, imagine a grown man one of your favorite singers, with tears streaming down his face, 
and gigantic crocodile drops falling on the steering wheel while a hot girl was sitting in the passenger seat confused as fuck. Los Angeles. LA and Orange County only. He had reached his psychological limit and just let it all out. It was definitely the perfect TMZ moment that thankfully never got captured. And the way he tells the story, he says that the whole time, this girl sitting next to him, a model he had been dating, famous in her own right, she even had her own TV show once. This girl never said a word. And that made him feel like shit even more. He couldn't even rescue his ego at this point. He thought of different lies that he could tell her about why he was crying, someone had died, anything. But he came up with nothing good. So they sat in the car, dead silent, his hands covering his face out of shame. But then out of the blue, breaking the tension, he felt her head fall on his shoulder and she reached around his waist to hug him and started saying some shit. What'd she say? You know what she told him? What? This model girlfriend. What? I couldn't believe her wisdom. Wisdom? Yeah. Wisdom. Wisdom. When I heard what she said, I found a whole new level of respect for this girl. What'd she say? Seriously, from that moment on, even when I saw ads for her swimsuit line on Instagram, I'd see them in a whole new light. Dude. And tweets she had sent in the past. Somehow they had more depth now. Okay, what'd she say? Her whole career, which I had never really taken seriously, took on a whole new dimension in my eyes. <laughs> what'd she say? That's why to this day, you'll see me defend her at parties when people are trash-talking celebrities. Because I know the truth of how dope her mind really is. What the fuck did she say? What she told him was... Do you know why you're upset right now? It's because you still think music is your greatest work of art. It isn't. Your life is. At least that's what I signed up for. You need to figure your shit out before even we can continue our little journey. Go drink it out. Go travel it out. Go fuck some hoes if you have to. But whatever you do, go down the rabbit hole. Embrace the temporary darkness. Find your purpose. And don't come back until you do. A few weeks later, he started the first steps to building a music empire that we all get to enjoy the fruits of today. His second career is bigger than his first career. He's responsible for at least a quarter of the songs you have on your playlist right now. He found a new outlet for his creativity after experiencing this dark night of the soul. And as you can imagine, he married that girl. My new friend Yan didn't know that story. Very few do. But when he heard it, he felt newly inspired. And so the next day, before we split up at the airport, he told me that he had a gift for me. It was a thank you gift for sharing that little story with him. And then he handed it to me. It was a hat, a prototype, a one of a kind sample that was left over from his failed business partnership. It was like a fossil from the rubble of ruins. The front of the hat had a white rabbit crossbred with a unicorn on it. 
It kind of reminded me of Alice in Wonderland. A book they say you're supposed to read twice. The first time as a child. The second time as an adult to revive the inner child that might have gotten lost within you. What it's trying to say to us is, no, you should talk to strangers and you should embrace your weirdness and you definitely should be making everything a big, crazy adventure. Because if you're not going down the rabbit hole every chance you get, that art you're making, who the fuck cares?